0: Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. My name's Colin Waitsman, I'm going to be your host for today's episode of Track World News, and... Boy, oh boy, do we have a lot of things to cover. Actually, a little upset that we have so many things because I'm not going to be able to get to a few items, uh, so we're going to have to have a dedicated episode towards a few things, but we'll get into that in a minute. First, uh, great news, William & Mary Track and Field reinstated. Going to discuss how that came to be, what the future is for that program, and all, all things over there. Then we have some bad news with Clemson. They're ending their men's track and field program. Uh, One of the biggest programs in the entire country, seeing it go down, that's huge news. So we got to talk about that. Um, Then we're going to go over some sad news with uh, the passing of coach Jim Deegan. Um, Some of you may know the name, some of you may not. We'll talk about how he had a huge legacy and affected track and field across the world. And also, we'll get into briefly about the World Athletics Female Athlete of the Year. I uh, really wanted to go in-depth on the 10 nominees, but with such uh, news going on this year uh, or this week, it may not be um, you know, a, a topic that we can go into as in-depth as we did last week with the men. Um, but first, I'm uh, going to start with William & Mary, the men's track and field program, as well as the other six Um, programs that they had originally cut are now going to be back for the foreseeable future. This is great news. Uh, This is great news. Uh, The interim director Jeremy Martin and President Rowe decided to reinstate the men's track and field program as part of a more comprehensive reset process for the athletics at William & Mary. Uh, So what does this mean for the sport. First, this is great that they're bringing it back. All of those athletes, um, with Save the Tribe track and, and all that good stuff. It's, it's great to see all of that hard work coming back to bringing this team because it's, it's a huge program. It's a really great program. And to see that it was possibly going to go and that. We brought it back, that the team brought it back. Alumni, fans, students, student-athletes, people that didn't even go to the school were supportive of bringing this team back and and, and coming to continue and continue moving forward as a program is huge it's great to see the the community coming together we saw something similar happen in other sports with what is it um uab university of alabama birmingham with their football program what was it four or five years ago when they were going to collapse and uh the alumni of this that school and all that stuff came together and said no we're not going to let you you know just destroy our program Similar thing just happened here with William and Mary, and so it's great to see. Uh, they're both were mid-major schools. Uh, I'm not sure. I guess you could say William and Mary might be a little bigger. UAB might be. Depends on who you ask. But it's great to see that that's coming back, and I'm and I'm glad that we're here. Uh, Save the Tribe track, fantastic. But this is not it. Uh, as they mentioned, this is only the. This is going to get us through next year. They realize that hey, we don't want to make such huge adjustments to our program and saying we're canceling it right now. At the end of the year they're gonna take a, a look and what what they can do in order to maintain their programs. Because there are two issues that they mentioned that they had. Uh, one is that maintaining track and field was an issue financially and that hey we we can't continue to have track and field as a program because financially we're losing so much money due to COVID 19. And so since we're losing so much money, we're not going to be able to continue to fund this program. And as well as the other six programs, which were, I believe, men's gymnastics, tennis, swimming, there were some other ones, but this was one of the the major ones. And so they said, that's one of the reasons. And so obviously, they probably got a lot of funding from alumni, uh, students, student athletes, fans of the program, all that good stuff. They probably got a lot of funding for it. So it complies that way. First, that's great. Uh, We needed that. Second issue is that they mentioned that William & Mary currently does not comply with Title IX standards. So first, what is Title IX? Uh, Title IX is is a, uh, would you say it's a law... A rule, a guideline—I'm not sure what you would what you would call it—but it's a rule that pretty much states that uh, both men, women have to have the the same equal equal rights uh, of both education and um, student ath- uh, student athletics. So there have to be the same amount of scholarships um, offered for both men's programs as well as women's programs. And so they are not currently um, they do not currently comply with the Title IX standards. Uh, William and Mary doesn't, and their issue is that they have too many men's school scholarships. There, uh, one major program they have is football, and football carries a lot of scholarships. And there really aren't any female sports that have the ability of carrying as many scholarships as a football team does. So they mentioned that hey, we that we need to revisit looking at sports to be able to comply. And so there's two ways to be able to do that. One would be cutting men's sports so that they all are at an equal barrier. So cutting men's sports so then the men and women's sports that are active uh, are equal. A second one that they could do is by adding more female scholarship sports. And obviously, adding more female scholarship sports, uh, while it would be great because you have more student athletes, it's going to be difficult, especially when finances are tough. So what they're going to be doing is taking a revisit and seeing how can they do this so that they are complying by 2022-2023 that's when they want to be able to be compliant. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going on um, in between now and then, so we'll have to keep our eye eyes out on it. The The battle is won, but the war is not over. If you'd like to support William & Mary's men's track and field, they are currently doing a merchandise sale where you can buy track and field t-shirts, quarter zips, jackets, sweatshirts, all that type of stuff. It's going on through November 16th, so if you want to get some of that uh, go on the website, uh, you can do that. Then on the flip side, uh, it was actually, it's crazy because it was on the exact same day, probably like within an hour or two that this happened. Uh, Clemson Track and Field announced that they will be canceling their men's indoor, outdoor, and cross country effective, uh, at the end of the 2020 2021 year. Um, the director of athletics, Dan, Rakovich, sorry if I've said your name wrong, uh, said, quote, After careful analysis, we we concluded that discontinuing our men's track and field program is in the best long-term interest of Clemson Athletics. This decision impacts incredible student-athletes, and we know how hard they work and the effort and pride they take in representing Clemson University. Uh, so this is huge um, because Clemson is obviously one of the the biggest premier programs across all sports. I mean, they're I mean not anymore because they just lost, but they're one of the top football programs in the in the country. They're just ranked number one. They have a huge athletic. Um, athletic budget, obviously. I mean, they're paying their, their college coach over $9 million for, for football. And if we look at the track and field side, I mean, they have a very decorated program. Uh, since they, it came into fruition in 1953, they have 23 ACC team championships, 16 individual NCAA champions, 22 Olympians, and 4 Olympic gold medalists. And that's just to announce a few of the things that they have. They have coaches coming in internationally they have athletes coming in internationally and they have one of the most diverse teams in athletics right now uh, on their campus they have an extremely diverse team whether they they it seems as if they have people from all over the country and all over the world which is fantastic um and aids to more diversity within a campus um so it's 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 awesome uh, to see and it's really sad to see that they're now just continuing it um what they had mentioned is that they, they're they doing this in order to save money annually. So the men's track and field program, they stated, um, costs about $2 million to continue every single year. And uh, this year, they mentioned that they're expected to lose uh, $25 million in... They're supposed to have a $25 million resource shortfall, whatever that means, this year. That's obviously because of Football, um, they're not having full stadiums. Basketball will most likely not have full stadiums and whatever type of uh, sponsorship deals they might have been losing out on because of those. And since track and field obviously isn't a revenue generating sport, you got to cut it somewhere. And it's unfortunate to see that such a decorated program is going to be taking the brunt of this, uh, especially because just in 2016, they resurfaced their track. They, they put in a lot of money into building this program up not too long ago. And now to see that they're saying, yeah, we're going to cut this program. It's, it's wild. It's wild because there's, there has to be other ways in order to do this. I mean, we just saw William and Mary, who is a much smaller program, be able to keep their track and field team. So why is it that you can't do the same? I just don't see how Clemson University doesn't have enough supporters from both student athletes, alumni, booster, booster programs, all of that. I don't see how they they don't have enough to support the two million dollars that it will cost annually to have it. Um, and we saw a lot of people um, voicing their displeasure with with this because they're because it's it's clear that they, they could keep this if they wanted to. And if I was a betting man, I would believe that in a in a couple months, probably three, four months, it'll come out that, oh, they have all this support and they're, we're able to keep it and they're going to keep the team. And of course, um, they also said that, oh, this is Title IX issues and, and that's what we're going to be doing. But what I, I don't understand there is why is it that when you're cutting a program, that is when we hear about the issues of title 9 at title 9 we would have known about this in the beginning of the year right and last year we would have known this so then why didn't you cut it cut the program when that was when nothing was going on earlier in the year you could have done it then why are you doing it now it's cuz it's a financial issue or you claim it to be a financial issue it's not really title 9 but you're saying that it is it's just yeah, i don't get it they also which is wild. They said it's to increase more diversity. Uh, this is on a website. I'll make sure to link it in the description. But they mentioned that they want to improve more diversity within within Clemson. The, tr- the track and field team is one of the most diverse teams that they have in their entire school. Besides maybe basketball and football, this was easily the most diverse program that they had. Uh, I think they have somewhere around 30 I think I counted 30 uh, athletes on the track and field team. And it appeared to me just based off of looking at the pictures. So I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, just looking at the pictures look like 22, uh, 22 or 23 of them came from a diverse background. And so it's they already have that diversity. And so it's, it's a shame for both the, the current student athletes and any students that were our prospects and were planning on going because they're they're their premier program. So now they're going to have to look for other schools if they want to continue to compete. The best thing that they have is they will be honoring the scholarships and the coaches' contracts throughout their undergrad. So if there are any student-athletes that decide, hey, I I like Clemson, I don't want to go somewhere else, they're going to keep their scholarships, which is good. So if you're looking on the bright side, I mean, that's good, I guess you could say. But um, we're going to definitely be keeping up with this. There seemed to be a big outcry from the track community on this thing, especially since it's such a huge program. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something very similar to William & Mary. Uh, I believe we saw a lot of hashtag Save Clemson Track, very similar to Save Save Tribe Track. Um, I'll make sure to link it in the description if you would like to to read more about that. Uh, Then next, uh, so as I mentioned, this is a topic that I definitely want to go more in-depth on Uh, in the future episode, barring that we don't see a lot of news going on at once next week. Uh, It's the Female Athlete of the Year. So last week we saw that the men's uh, top 10 was released on who will be the first nominees um, for the Athlete of the Year. Uh, Now the women just came out this past Friday. We have the top 10 and then these will be whittled down to top five by November 15th. Half the vote is going to be coming from the World Athletic Committee, and then the other half of the vote will be coming from you, the fans. So if you have any of these runners or athletes that you would like to move on to the top five, make sure you get your votes in before November 15th so they can get in. Uh, This is also very interesting because I believe it's the first year or one of the first years that uh, an American is not in the top ten. Uh, so we're 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 out of it this year. <laughs> there, we didn't uh, didn't crack it. It, it had a, there was a very talented year for it being such a, a wild year, um, coming from international waters. So we'll have to take a look at that. Uh, first, we have Femke Bol from the Netherlands, 400 meter hurdler. She's a national record holder. She got the national record this year in the 400 meter hurdles. Uh, then we have Lesenbet Gede from Ethiopia. She got the world record in the 5K this year. Uh, Sifan Hassan from the Netherlands. Uh, she has the world record in the hour race. So she ran the farthest over an hour for females Did the same when what Mo Farah did it this year. So that's also very interesting. Uh, then we have, uh, Perez Jep Chichir. I'm sorry if I'm butchering these names. I'm trying my best. Uh, she got the world record in the half marathon this year. Then Faith uh, Kipyagan from Kenya as well. Uh, Perez is also from Kenya. Uh, she has the national record in the one K this year. Uh, Laura Mir, She also from great Britain. She also got the national record in the one K, uh, Helen Oubre. Uh, she was a three time diamond league champion this season. Uh, Gilmar Rojas from Venezuela. She is a, tr- the triple jumper indoor world record holder. um, Elaine thompson Harara from Jamaica, she went undefeated this year in the 100. Uh, She won two out of her three events in the 200 as well. She had a very dominant year in the sprints. Abel Abel Yashene, sorry, that was a a difficult one. Uh, Ethiopia, she also had a half marathon world record for only women's race. Uh, So there's a lot of great talent, and you'll see that Kenya is here a lot. Kenya has one, two, three, three out of the 10, uh, coming from Kenya. Uh, they did very well this year, especially for being such crazy, crazy season. So, um, if I were to guess, uh, who I think is going to be moving on first, I believe, uh, G'day, um, is, is going to win. I think that she's, she's the favorite 5k world record holder. She's the uh, I guess if you include the triple jump, even though it's indoors, she's the only one that got a world record in an Olympic event. Uh, and she has the possibility of being the youngest to ever win it since Sonia Richards Ross in 2006. She's 22. Um, and so if she could take it home, that'd be, that'd be impressive. Uh, so my five that I'm predicting moving on to the top five. Um, I have Gide, Hassan, Jepp, Jep, cheer, 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 cheer. Uh, Rojas, and then Yas Yasane. Sorry, I'm gonna. I'm trying to get better at these names. Uh, but those are the five. Uh, that I think are going to be moving on. Um, four of them. Uh, one or got the world record this year. Um, and so I mean there were what there were four world records taken this year. Um, at least in these these top ten, and so I think. All four of them will move on, and then the, the next one that I have, uh, moving on that didn't, uh, get the, the world record. Who was it? It was Rojas, right? No. Hassan? Yeah. No, all five of them did. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought that only four of them did. No, all five of them did. That's my bad. My math was wrong. Uh, so, yep, yeah, that, that will be coming out November 15th. We'll see who moves on from the men and the women. Should be interesting. Now, Uh, last story of the day. Uh, so it was a very tragic day, um, for me, especially within the Mount track and field community. So, uh, for those that don't know, uh, coach Jim Deegan, who was a former head coach and one of the premier uh, coaches in the decathlon. Uh, he passed away, uh, over the weekend at 87 years old. Uh, he was he coached Mount Saint Mary's University, which is in Emmitsburg, Maryland. For those that don't know, Division One program for over 50 years. Um, he's as I mentioned, he's an internationally known um, decathlon coach. Uh, he's coached some of the the greatest to, to ever do it, and he really brought the the decathlon to a much wider uh, a much wider you know known uh, name face. He's he's had some of the the greatest runners in running history and to bring them to a small town of Emmitsburg, Maryland. There are many universities, not even that there are probably many high schools that are bigger than Mount St. Mary's and are even probably bigger than, than Emmitsburg itself. It's a very, very small town. And he brought some of the greatest talent to ever run the track from not just the United States, but internationally as well. Um, He's coached over 78 all Americans 25 NCAA champions and four Olympians, including the NCAA record in what was it? The five, the five thousand, um, and an Olympic gold medal as well. That's all from small town Emmitsburg, Maryland. Uh, he grew up in the Philadelphia area, went to Westchester uh, University. For those that know, and he was just so not just was he a great coach; he was just a great, a great guy. I mean, I was there. As a freshman and sophomore, um, really through my four years, when he was a a volunteer coach. He was helping us out. Um, He was in his 80s. And it was so crazy to see how just his love for the sport and how much he knew and his movement, too. Like, there would be times we had meets and he would... Be running down, not not jogging, not walking. He'd be running down the runway to make sure that you're that you, he could catch your step. And this is like an 82 83 year old man at the time running down the runway to make sure that he can catch your step. It, he was just super into the sport. Obviously, he'd been doing it for such a long time, and he was super dominant. He had a huge impact on people's lives. Uh, there was a time where he had. For twenty years straight, so almost for my entire life, he had at least one All-American in twenty-six consecutive years. He could coach, man. Uh, and as I mentioned, like yeah, he had a, the one of the best um, people, especially during the eighties. Um, Nineteen eighty-seven was his, probably his best year. He had sixteen All-Americans and five national champions on a small, one of the smallest schools you could ever see. Seeing 16 of them go All-American, five national champions, just insane. Uh, the what one would say would be the greatest race of all time. Uh, if you Google it, you might be able to find it. It was a DMR uh, where we actually captured uh, the world record um, in the DMR. They came in third in the Penn Relays in 1987 uh, with uh, Dave, Dave LeShimbo, uh Rono, Ron- Kip, and Charles Chariot, and... Um, chariot Charles chariot was the one that has the um the ncaa record um just just incredible coach just an incredible man and he just to see what he had done for the sport um he's made the mount track and field team much bigger uh, than it ever could have been without him and it's truly he truly left a legacy. Ah, uh, there's so many stories that I could tell about what he's done, not just to impact my life, but all of my teammates' lives and and people who have competed before me. Uh, he's done so much for the sport. He's I could just I could go on for hours on the on the things that he's done to push our sport forward. Uh, and and he'll he'll truly be missed. Um, one of my favorite stories, so uh, this is this is a, a funny story that happened to me. Um, Josh, if you're listening to us, uh, I think you know where this is going, but, uh, so when I'm a freshman, there is another guy on the team who was a junior, I guess you could even say when I was a sophomore at the time, there's another guy on the team, um, who was a senior junior. He was a captain. One of the biggest names on our, on our team's name was Josh. And we looked pretty similar. <laughs> we, we both had a very similar look, um, light skin, black guys with long curly hair, Uh, he was taller than me, but both kind of, you know, thinner, thinner builds. And I was a pole vaulter. So he was coaching me and this other guy, uh, Josh, he was a sprinter. He did 400, 200, those types of things. And so he had been, he had already been at the, you know, at the team for a while now. He had already established himself. I'm the new guy. And so he, Coach Deegs would, would often go up to, to Josh, and uh he'd be like he would tell talk to him as if he was me and do entire conversations and i remember when i was a sophomore uh he's talking to josh for like 30 minutes during practice and i'm, I'm just waiting there waiting on the runway wondering what's going on and so when he's done <laughs> josh comes up to me and he's like yeah uh colin i think that uh he's got something to tell you about vaulting i'm like well what do you mean? He's like, well, he just spent the last 30 minutes (laughs) talking about, uh, you know, what I have to do to improve, uh, you know, on my four step routine. Uh, I don't do that as a 400 meter runner. And I just, (laughs) I just lost it. It was, it was so funny. Uh, and then once, you know, we had, I told him, he realized like, oh crap, I'm messed up, but you just, an awesome guy. Uh, he's going to be, be truly missed, uh, super, super helpful for the track, uh, track and field community. And, yeah, one of the one of the best, best out there. So um, definitely rest in peace to uh, Jim Deegan. Left a huge impact in our sport. And the, the, I'm sure the, the stories will be pouring in sometime after this. So thank you. Thank you very much. But that's going to be our episode uh, for Track World News. We had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I'm sure that we're going to have a ton of things happening right after this that we're going to have to get into next, ye- next week. But remember to like subscribe, follow, do all the, all the type of good stuff for the show. It really shows that you're enjoying it. And I mean, so far you've, you guys have been killing it with, with all the, the comments and, and all the views and all that stuff. You really seem to be enjoying this thing. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you're liking it. I'm, I'm glad that I'm producing some content that you guys are enjoying. So have a good one. I'll see you next time. Peace.